Hey y'all, it's Libby G, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Live Outside the Bubble podcast. And let me tell y'all, you guys are in for a treat today, for I have with me one of my favorite people on earth. Her passion for the Lord is unparalleled, and she has such a zeal for life that is incredibly contagious. Um, She is such a beautiful example of how to lead well, and her story is such an amazing reminder of what it means to live outside the bubble. So... Without further ado, I'm honored and beyond excited to invite Miss Anka onto the podcast. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Louie G. Good to be <laughs> with you today. Yes, I'm so excited to dig right on in. We have so much to talk about. Um, so first off, just tell us a bit more about yourself. So how did you grow up? When did you come to the States and what led to what you are doing now? I know that's a lot, so take it wherever you want. All right. Well, um, I was born in 1981 in uh, the uh, Socialist Republic of Romania. Mm. I lived um, under a a very hard and severe dictatorship for my first eight years. Um, By the time that communism fell in 1989, it would have been about 40 years of dictatorship. my, oh, I, the last 10 years of my life were the hardest mm-hmm. stretch of the system. Um, I remember a lot of um, ration cards, food was um, mm-hmm. rationed to people and uh, it was based on how many people you, how many members were in the family right. and the bare empty shelves, um, a very... Yeah. Um, very backwards health si- healthcare system. Um, uh, school was very interesting. Um, we had to pretty much worship the leader, so mm-hmm. we would <laughs> begin every morning with <laughs> adoring him, and right. um, we had to wear uniforms and big pom poms, and um, and also um, it, w- it was it, learning was really um, learning about the system, the communist system. Uh, we weren't allowed or taught to think for ourselves, mm-hmm. to excel in what we liked. Everything was planned and controlled by the government. Mm-hmm. So that was my beginning of life. Um, life was hard, both outside um, and both inside my home. Uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, born and raised in a um, non-Christian family um, with parents who worked very, very hard and very, um, they were um, extremely hardworking to provide for us. Um, And yet at the same time, they were also extremely broken themselves. And Mm -hmm. um, I witnessed a lot of uh, difficulties from uh, verbal and um, domestic abuse happening Mm -hmm. in my home because of alcohol all the way to just um, simple wounds that they were having that they didn't know to work through themselves and so we grew up emotionally and even just physically caring for ourselves each for its own mm-hmm. and, and 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 there there is there's is something to be said about about um uh, the um mixing up um a bad bad um political regime with right. the worries of the people and not having god in it um, was hard 
But those were my first uh, eight years. The revolution happened. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. good. It was the hardest uh, and yet uh, the most liberating thing that could happen uh, right. to a, a dictatorship. And um, there would be tanks and armies moving in front of my... We, we lived in a block of flats, so... And my dad um, taught us to crawl on our arms and legs so that just in case there would be a bullet flying, right. <laughs> we would be yeah. hiding. And, so real. Um, and just uh, working through, my, my grandparents became believers during communism. Uh, there was a missionary who came by and um, my grandma was first and then my grandpa and then all my father's brothers and sisters except my dad who left mm. home. He was the oldest. and Yeah. Uh, but my grandma and grandpa would take me to church uh, mm-hmm. whenever I would visit them. And that was pretty cool because that's the first time um, I was in a so-called post-communist um, uh, religious life. Mm-hmm. I was able to witness it. There were just home churches. There were no churches on the street yet. Right. Um and there were, you know, egg cartons on the ceiling <laughs> to kind of buffer the noise and right. a lot of carefulness uh, and yet a lot of freedom and expression of, Absolutely. of the word of God was the meat, the mm. steak that they were eating. And they knew, that mm. they knew that they were risking their lives. Definitely. Everybody who was there could have been mm-hmm. in big trouble. And uh, it took a while for Romania to find its, uh, even now, it's it's a process. Right. Um, going from one extreme to being given freedom and not knowing what that is. Right. And how do you live it? Mm-hmm. And, but in those little moments, I found out about Jesus. and That's so beautiful. That out of brokenness can come so much life. Through It's kind of like that flower through the cracks of the sidewalk, you know, and it's like gives you hope. And I kind of want to ask, like, Growing up like that, do you think that influenced the way you did view relationships with others? Or, like, what does that dynamic look like? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I, I know that our childhood really does determine a lot of our thoughts and attitudes um, towards certain things. So, like, have you seen how that's, you know, when did you figure out, like, oh, this is a good healthy friendship or this is a what a good healthy marriage looks like like what did that look like for you Mm -hmm. figuring that out having not the best role models Mm -hmm. um necessarily or where did you find that um role model or that strength yeah so um it's a very complex and complex question (laughs) i know and it's a complex issue but i'm just curious that's indeed as Um, to how that influenced yes so um in, in the process of me, this is very important, in the process of me becoming a believer, um, I was in high school and I went to a church, um, a local church, mm-hmm. a little loca- local a Christian church where I heard the gospel one night and I decided mm-hmm. I'm going to follow Jesus and I came home on cloud nine, <laughs> Jesus saved me yeah. and I am happy Absolutely. and um, I came home and uh, my parents said, no, you're not getting wow. baptized. And if what you, age was this? I was 17. Yeah. And they said, uh, we're going to kick you out of the home. You wow. cannot embarrass us. Changing religion in Romania it's used huge. to be equated to betraying your nationality. Wow. So being Romanian meant you were of a certain, um, of a certain religion, if, if, I'm not even sure that that could be called a religion, but right. um, from 
atheism during communism, Romania switched swing to um, orthodoxism, which was more um, led by the state, and it wasn't the pure orthodoxism that you would find lived out right. in, uh, in in communities, true com- small true communities. But it, it became a religion of the state, so gotcha. uh, everybody had to mandatory take mm. Eastern Orthodox classes right. and, and, and and be um, go to confess sins to a priest and right. Um, and I remember I would hide from the priest when he would come. There, there's a tradition in Romania <laughs> where for New Year's and uh, for Christmas the priest will come and and um, holify the home, oh my <laughs> sprinkle the home with yeah. uh, holy water yes. and sprinkle the members of the families because mm-hmm. the devil would run away from holy water and I would hide under the bed. So that was quite a, what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. right. So when I became right. uh, a believer and my parents told me you can't live in our home and wow. my neighbors would gossip about me and they would um they would pull my parents aside and say what are you doing Mm -hmm. she's ruining her life and I had relatives who tried to convince me not to go ahead with it because because I was right shaming my family according to them uh a a priest sat me down and spoke to me about how there's only one baptism one faith and I would go to hell for having two baptisms and so I was caught up in this world where there were people who were against me and in this dark trial the church stood out uh, for Mm. me the church became my safe place because I was not the only one who was persecuted Mm. there were others like me and they said we'll take you in you find that community so they were there were two girls sisters Mirella and Bianca that's their name and and they just took me under their wing and um they encouraged me they um spent time with me they taught me what it meant to be a young woman Christian um so that those relationships were I, w- I would think um for me yeah. personally I knew that's good and everything else yes. it's hard and I shouldn't listen and mm. uh, fast forward coming to the United States um here is when I think my healing mm. from all the past brokenness began and right. um in Romania there is also the um the underlying um unspoken rule where you don't talk about your problems in public right. you don't share what's mm. going on with other with your family so um definitely going c- to a counselor would have been looked down upon there's only yeah. only difficult mentally difficult challenge people would would right. approach a counselor mm. that was not even something offered in Romania so a lot of the hardships were stuffed in and a lot of the emotions. that can be so damaging I mean there's like mm. there's a lot of research out there now that like even just like talking through even if you don't have like a severe mental illness even mm-hmm. just everybody has some sort of trauma based off of like their childhood or something that happened to them um that it's just so healing to just talk to somebody about it and in cultures like that where it's frowned upon it's just like how do people live or how how do people experience breakthrough um except through except through christ or like finding um someone to confide in Mm. um but yeah that's you can continue but that that's just so important Mm -hmm. you know And, and and certainly reading the bible has begun in me a process of healing of its own where 
the more I read about Jesus crying and Jesus uh, being closer to the brokenhearted, and the more I read about the Old Testament, the emotions that the Lord, the God, Lord God displayed in uh, towards His people, uh, yeah. it, it it helped me see that what I was feeling, I was not alone in feeling them. Mm. And secondly, that there is a way to expose them by praying about them and yes. talking to God about them. So the idea of it, the idea of emotional intelligence was not, or emotional health, right, um, was mm-hmm. not in the script. Is not uh, the words themselves are not in the Bible, in the Bible but yeah. the concept of being um, being caring for those emotions mm-hmm. uh, with from the gospel perspective and from God's perspective, where He accepts the brokenhearted and He. binds the brokenhearted and paul one of my favorite um scriptures uh, from paul is in second corinthians 6 10 who says he's sorrowful yet always rejoicing so he holds these two antithetical emotions Mm. of sorrow and joy that normally in my mind i separated them or i would hide they will be actually conflicting Mm. um, rather than seeing them as two sides of the same coin and you Mm. can be extremely broken and at the same time have that eternal hope and joy in Christ. Exactly. And so in Romania, good. I didn't have that. Right. So a lot of it was hiding mm-hmm. and stuffing down and lots o- of shame overlooking with it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that can be very detrimental. Um, right. Pulling away from people. I think absolutely. that's what caught yeah. me to where I, I would not be honest enough with myself to be honest with those around me mm. and I'll be scared of the That's repercussions so of right. what would it mean to be honest right if I'm honest with myself and what does that mean like it takes so much courage just to be honest with yourself let alone mm-hmm. someone else who maybe doesn't share that same um I guess openness or willingness to share mm-hmm. um and I always think about like Jesus really did like he set time apart to go and reflect and go and pray to the father he would get up early he would go to a mountain like you see it throughout the scriptures of like he intentionally took time with god for himself to then like kind of refuel and like refill himself and so that's just so important of just like taking that time intentionally to um, be alone with God and to refill. Um, but also then you see the other side of the coin of like, he is in community. He is, he's got 12 disciples around him. Um, he's going from town to town. You know, you see like the dichotomy, I guess, of both sides of like, yes, he's refilling and then he's also pouring out, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's so important because, I know for me personally, I'm a very pour out person and I don't necessarily take as much time as I should to fill up um, or to pour into myself or to have the Lord pour into me, um, which is what I truly need, um, the living water, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And so when it comes to, you know, filling myself up, I often neglect or I like push down like certain feelings or like, I'm not tired. I just want to go, you know go, go, go. And so it's so important to like intentionally take that time to be like, okay, be honest with myself and then share that with others. So that's really good. Um, I wanted to kind of pivot and 
ask you something. So in Philippians 2.4, it says, um, you know, it's, it's sort of an, a letter of advice um, to the Philippians of, you know, take a genuine interest in others. And I think that's what I, um, I base a lot of, of my actions on is like, am I taking a genuine interest or a genuine curiosity in others? Um, so I wanted to ask you, how have you seen that heartfelt curiosity impact the quality of your relationships or like genuinely just caring about others? Or do you have a story of, of when that happened or what, what are the benefits mm. of doing that mm. or taking that biblical advice? Right. Um, <clears throat> I think, um, well, I am a pastor's wife, mm-hmm. and so I have, I have uh, with with serving alongside my husband, mm-hmm. there were a lot of uh, times of listening to other people mm. and yeah. ministering to other people's pains. Um, right. But I don't honestly, um, I don't think I was connecting genuinely with them mm-hmm. because I wasn't connecting genuinely with myself first wow there was a lot of i will i will live out my responsibility my mm. i will live up um the call of being uh, a pastor's wife alongside my husband right but it was a disconnected ministry from oh, my true. own life um and I think we, as, as, as people, as human beings, um, we want to be able to truly connect with others until we are able to connect honestly and deeply and sincerely with Jesus Christ in our hearts, mm-hmm. which means um, opening up and allowing him to do the work that he needs to do and us facing our own brokenness and our own wow. sins and That's our so own... For me, it it didn't happen until in 2018 when my sister passed away of cancer. Mm. It was a um, it was she she was my fellow immigrant in this country. She was my um, English in a second language uh, sister right. of heart. Um, we've both. She came in 2006. I came in 2001. We've experienced life in second languages, second degrees, second bubbles call them however you want <laughs> and um we were so close to each other she knew everything about me I knew right. it, we were each other's best friend and mm-hmm. um her death uh, was very fast from the uh, moment of surprise diagnosis of breast cancer mm-hmm. type 4 metastasized everywhere including her liver mm-hmm. um that was in October and by April um she she passed away and wow. and that from opened up in me Mm-hmm. And not only that the grief um, began to obviously just pulled me down in a way, uh, in mm-hmm. so many ways, but it also opened up um, um, what I had buried for so long from my country. Mm. Um, all yeah. the, the hardships and the brokenness mm. and the unattended um states of, 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 of emotions in my trauma. heart, trauma, mm-hmm. that's right. And so um, I think the moment I began to, and then I, I, I searched for a counselor and um, with the help of my husband, who is um, a fantastic mm-hmm. uh, man, uh, a man of God, um, I began to heal um, I- by looking back and facing what was hard. 
And I think the connections today are deeper and um, more meaningful to me because of how mm. I have walked in the past with my Lord, with Jesus, and looked at every event that I had blocked out thinking when I became a Christian, thinking, well, the old is gone (laughs) and the new is here. And yet at the same time, there were old garments and I was patching. I was Mm. trying to put new wine in old Old wineskins and they just burst and and they they didn't hold and Mm. I would just put a bandaid on it or I was just like, I'll deal with it another time. Right. But when grief comes along with, with such a statement and it just basically said, I'm here, you need to deal with with yourself basically in the light of the gospel and the light of Jesus. So, um, that has started a beautiful time of looking back to everything Mm. that was hard and being able to say you were with me Jesus in that Mm. and I didn't even I I didn't even claim your name then I was a a little communist (laughs) 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 in a little (laughs) dictatorship (laughs) and I was uh, I was really an atheist and Lord I can see your hand I can see your hand of protection over my heart and over my life and things could have been worse. They were bad, but right. they could have been worse. And mm. yet you saved me from that and through that. So it's kind of making, um, God is our, uh, making. I, I, in, in, in going back, I was looking at my past and I could see the Red Sea, my Red Sea splitting. Mm. <laughs> that's such a powerful splitting. imagery. Yeah. Yes, that's so beautiful. I love how you said like you walked down the path of your past and you could see Jesus behind or beside you in every moment. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes, especially if we like haven't been saved, you know, at a young age and we were saved later on, we oftentimes think, oh, well, Jesus was, you know, Jesus, he wasn't there and then he was there. But really, if you go back and see how intentionally he has pursued us, I mean, endless pursuit, um, you know, leaving the 99 to, to get that one. And so it's so beautiful to see that story and how he truly does care about us. And mm. we take a genuine interest in others' lives and other stories because he first mm. took a genuine interest and curiosity into our own lives mm. um, enough right. to, to even um, create us with such intentionality. I mean just uh, it's so mind-blowing the detail that he really took and the intentionality that he took um to create us i mean we're going through you know genesis and all of the covenants and in our bible study and it's just so beautiful just to see the the intention um and deliberate deliberation of each individual covenant and how it's all fulfilled in jesus and so it's just amazing just to hear that, mm-hmm. you know, he has been with us throughout this path, um, mm-hmm. throughout, you know, grief, throughout mm-hmm. our journey of um, acknowledging our past. Um, and like you said, like, yes, the the old is gone, the new has come, but we can't keep putting new wine or filling up, you know, old wineskins, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's just so important that, we repair our past first before we can, you know, move on essentially, or even like 
just just have that healing right and there's going to be scars but you can't have gaping wounds right Mm -hmm. so i mean that's just ministering to me as much as anybody else right now like (laughs) well scars are beautiful yes scars are beautiful they are they they are to me and i've had three pregnancies you know a lot of stretch marks on my body and and uh, every time I look at the stretch marks um, I mean I have two options I can look at these stretch marks as oh no these are just bad uh, bad leftovers (laughs) from having Mm. three children or Mm. I can look at these and say something beautiful came out of it That's and instead so of looking at the thorns you know and complaining mm-hmm. about the thorns better look for the roses in the midst of the thorns yeah. because there are blessings in those and um i i don't know if, if if you agree with this but i i don't think i would have been able to look back if i hadn't looked forward to christ mm. coming back and to him to the present of being saved in him i mean through all this, the the changes that we experience from being little to all the way to mm-hmm. Lord willing one day being old and it, it, you know not even <laughs> be able to express ourselves at some point, but mm-hmm. through all of those changes, if if we understand that Jesus is only our only permanent, our, it, he's our only permanent circumstance in life, I think that would change everything because mm-hmm. looking back at my past. I was able to see he was permanent then too. He's not mm. just the same today, present, loving, yes. involved. He was then too, even before mm. I knew him. He just knew me before I knew forever. him. Mm-hmm. And he has pursued me. You know, I am his. Absolutely. He loves me. And I was made for Jesus. And yeah. that for me, yes, that makes that makes uh, that makes sense why. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you talked about like reframing it. Like don't just look at the thorns so much that you can't see the roses right like if we like there is so much power in the mind and that power could be for like in a good way or in a bad way and so when we choose to reframe our minds and you know set our minds on things above right then that is when we can truly look forward um while processing our past if that makes sense like we're processing our past but we are head up looking forward because we do have a hope Mm -hmm. and a future in Jesus. And that makes going through the past Mm -hmm. so much easier knowing that you know where you're going, right? You know who holds your hand through each step. So that's, that's so beautiful. Um, I wanted to ask um, the question of the podcast which is what does living outside the bubble or stepping outside of your comfort zone mean to you? So mm-hmm. how has it impacted your life? And what would you say to someone who's struggling with living outside of their comfort zone? Well, I had two big experiences mm-hmm. living outside my comfort zone. The first one was when I became a Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, the very, the very reality of becoming a Christian is living outside your comfort should be, should be living mm-hmm. outside your comfort zone. When Jesus calls us, 
to him, his calling us, and the word new is everywhere in mm. the in the new yeah. faith, new person, new clothing, put on, put off, put on, mm-hmm. put on off the old self, put on the new self. So um, one of my favorite uh, prophecies uh, from the Old Testament has to do with, and God will restore everything that the locust has eaten. So the devil has taken away things from our past, from our lives by by all, 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 all the ways of ravaging and... But God is giving us all back. Mm. So the whole life of a Christian is being new, being being um, adopted into a new family. We have a son who has been adopted and uh, from China, and mm. uh, he was about two years old and old enough to understand something was different because his right. eyes and his mm-hmm. facial expressions when we met him, um, they were filled with fear and confusion, mm-hmm. moving him from the orphanage into our car. And and yet at the same time, he, um, he was able to adjust and adapt. Mm-hmm. And he was, so he had a new name. We gave mm-hmm. him a new name. He had mm-hmm. new sisters and he had new parents and right. he had new language. Um, he could say only two words, bow, which means hold me. And um, I forget what the second one was now, but uh, he's, he was only two years old, 23 months old. So he didn't right. really quite have a lot, but he learned a new language and he received a new physical address and a new mm-hmm. continent and so just like that, if you mm. can imagine, yeah. that's how we should realize we are already living Amen. outside of our bubble by being a believer, by yes. getting that name of I'm a Christian woman, wow. or I'm a Christian man. Mm. So, I mean, we're already outside. Why not just go ahead with it and do, <laughs> exactly. you know, one of the things that we laugh a lot uh, at our friends at church, they say, your son Levi is a Martin. Mm. Uh, my na- my last name is yeah. Martin, so he's a, he's just like a Martin. And I said, yes, he is. He absorbed the culture of yeah. our mm-hmm. our family, and he likes he tends now that he's small, he tends to like what we like as a family, mm-hmm. and kind of he, he he won't know that we don't do sports. <laughs> <laughs> he won't know that we you yeah. know he knows that we like <laughs> soccer more than baseball, but. Um, and we like Nutella more than peanut butter. Mm. And, you know, we... I speak. can get behind that. <laughs> <laughs> so we adopted the culture of, of our family. And I, and I think similarly as believers, we are already transposed, trans... Um, um, transferred mm-hmm. from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and in itself it's a it's a huge transformation yes i mean uh, levi just even the imagery of adoption physical adoption in this mm-hmm. real world has helped me understand what it means to Parallels. be adopted mm-hmm. in the kingdom of heaven by so god himself beautiful. and it, it's it's such a transitional for us to learn god's word and learn at god's language given to us Mm -hmm. in the scriptures and learn God's our own family that traces us all the way back not only to father Abraham who's Mm -hmm. our great 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 grandfather but all the way to Adam and Eve Mm -hmm. right and 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 following that promised seed generation and because we are adopted into that the old testament Mm -hmm. is our heritage as Christians so I mean imagine we are learning that and it's still 
and just learning the the reality of of pain and reality of sin and the, the the reality of the devil the enemies that we need to watch out for and, and so all of this i think it's living outside yeah. the bubble and, and yeah and along with that i wanted to say um since we do have so when people get saved it's some people think oh well i can't wait to get to heaven and experience the kingdom of God. And mm. it should be more like, now I'm living That's in it. the kingdom of God. That is my permanent address. I am a part of the kingdom of God. Why don't start living it, right? Like That's right. we just start living That's out right. what who you're called to be. You have a new name. You have a new permanent address now. You're a on heart. a whole nother, a That's new right. heart, a new creation. Start living like it, right? Mm. Don't just um, say like, oh, I can't wait until... The kingdom of God is here, it's real, and it's present. It's it's right now. That's right. And so I think once we recognize the um, urgency of living as if we're in the kingdom of God, because we are as Christians, um, that will then spur us on to action and to wow, I can't wait to invite my friends over. You know what I'm saying? Or to get to know my family. Exactly. Like my to get, in Christ from to the get church to know or the brothers exactly. from Christ. And, and adopt yeah. like the customs of what it what it's like to have new citizenship, That's right? I mean, right. you've experienced that. And it's yes. just like, it's just <laughs> so cool, the parallels of mm-hmm. that and the kingdom of God. So I... That's and so just cool. to encourage uh, mm-hmm. anybody here who's 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 listening and um, still processing what we are talking about, mm-hmm. I I think as a mother to an adopted child, if Levi were to tell me, well, I can't wait until on, I'm old enough to really get married and find my own, you know, to to be with my real family, you mm-hmm. know, or or I can't wait until later on and just constantly looking in the future but not enjoying the benefits of already being Ooh, blessed so he has good. an inheritance that's a word my husband and i have four children mm-hmm. and he has his share of inheritance mm-hmm. you know and he has blessings that i'm giving i'm giving him a room i'm giving him you know we're we're providing for him food and everything that he needs for his own development so similarly we already have everything we need in jesus Amen. christ and for us to refuse or not acknowledge not spend time to think the lord has given us brothers and sisters in christ not only who speak english but also who speak romanian who speak Mm -hmm. french all around the world and to not recognize that and praise him for it i think it would break his heart um just like it would yeah. us, our hearts, if Levi were not to fully embrace the name and the the status, yeah, and, and and the relational reality that we have provided for him. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, he, and, and that's not to say that it's not easy, right? right. That that it's easy. That is not hard. That's yeah. not to say that he's not going to struggle over other things that you know why would my parents right not why didn't why did they abandon me and why these are questions that i cannot answer for him we were not there Mm -hmm. um and that's not to say that he's not going to struggle with these two uh, identities realities of i am theirs yet i am adopted Mm -hmm. but even as he walks through that we're able to tell him listen 
but we love you. Mm. We pursued you. Mm. We actually chose you. Yeah. Uh, of course, the Lord brought us to mm. brought you to us, but right. we did all this physical. Mm-hmm. We didn't just mentally said yeah but we didn't do anything physical for you i mean similarly jesus chose us but he did something physical for mm-hmm. us he sent jesus on a cross and he died what a love. so that we can be part of the family mm-hmm. so we are we are pursued in so many ways and um i hope i pray that he will remember that and then i yeah. will remember as he remembers right. <laughs> that i am similarly pursued by You're jesus chosen. Mm-hmm. yeah that's that's so beautiful oh my gosh um yeah, go ahead. Well, in the second bubble yes. that I wanted to to share about was uh, the bubble of um, you know coming to 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 America and being part of a culture, traveling, doing something that was that was just so um, so hard to transpose everything. It's like a plant. <laughs> it was like a plant who all of a sudden was unplanted. <laughs> The transplanted trans yeah. uh, it was taken out and placed right into mm-hmm. into a new environment that I had to learn the soil I had to learn the water mm. I had to look for the sun who's going mm. to make me you know just bless me and, and and I had to grow to continue mm. to be brave and grow and um and, and I think living in a second language, in a second culture, uh, is, is actually for me a blessing. For the longest time, it was a struggle mm. because I wanted to be like an American 100%. I wanted to speak without an accent, without being detected. Hey, by your accent, where are you from? And I, I wanted so badly to be um, 100% that I, I felt like a woman in between worlds. Right. Uh, I was not Romanian anymore because I left and I lived here for, for a while. Right. And then I'm not 100% American because, I'm, yeah. you know, half of my life was there, half of my life is here. So it was that an in-betweenness that has caused conflict in my heart until, until I realized this has so much biblical perils of... As believer, as a believer in Christ, mm-hmm. we live in between two worlds in a sense of this is not our home. Right. As far as our final home, our final home is in the presence of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So the final destination is we are going, God is going to come and live with us in a new heavens and new earth. Mm-hmm. And having that conflicting reality already happening in my heart, it made me wonder what kind of biblical language do I speak Mm. you know what accent does my Christianity have Mm. in the world people recognize it Mm. what did what can they tell by my Mm. language by my accent or by what you don't say that's right that's right so all of these kind of uh, uh, just help me understand that it's 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 not as I, I haven't really lived in a bubble as much as I was trying so much to get in a Bible <laughs> bubble and the Lord said no yeah. you're not getting in the yeah. bubble <laughs> you're already out of the bubble you can never <laughs> get in that bubble <laughs> but you can you know narrow be really close to that bubble yeah anyway being different is and I want to encourage everybody every believer mm-hmm. who's listening to this being different is good. Mm. That's what we are called to be. Mm. We are called to be the salt of the earth, not just another layer of dirt. Mm. 
the salt. And that stings. It stings if you have wounds, and most likely that salt that you're going to press, the word of God that you're going to press on other people is going to touch your hand, your wounded hand mm-hmm. or your wounded heart too, it's not, and heal you, that there is power mm-hmm. in God's word. And um, so being different is a good, that's, that's how we, we're supposed to be different mm-hmm. in the kingdom of light, right? In the kingdom of darkness and light. We are not supposed to be alike. And the, the conflict that we are experiencing is but God's grace in reminding us that we're not supposed to be like the world because our home is not here. Mm. When we get too used to or too accustomed to living here as if this is all that life is all about, Mm. then I think we are in danger of forgetting whose we are and what our citizenship Mm. is. So good. So it's good to be conflicted. It's good to struggle every day. Mm. Struggles are a measure of growth. You Mm. don't grow without struggling, Mm. right? The the plant doesn't come out without dying. Mm. Dying is a good way of living. Mm. As a matter of fact, that's what we've been called to anyway, to die to self. And how do we die? By struggling. If we don't struggle... I wonder, do we really grow? Mm. If we do the same exercises in the gym, in the, in the gym, mm-hmm. and our muscles are not pushed mm. or stretched, right. do they really strengthen? Strengthen, or are they just? So it's exactly, I think, the same way. We look at struggles and we say, "Oh no, I don't want struggles," or "Oh no, I don't want suffering," mm. or "Oh no, I don't want conflicting uh, calls," and 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 yet. Through those, mm. they're stepping stones to growth. That's so good. You can't bypass struggles. And, and it's God's reminder, God's grace, God's megaphone telling us, mm. you're growing. Keep up the good work. Meaning you're not going to just settle down like dirt on the bottom of a glass. Right. He, he wants us circulating in that glass mm-hmm. to agitate the world. <laughs> Yes, that's so good. I lo- I love. I'm a very uh visual person, and so there's <laughs> the imagery of the plant, and you know all those different things. I was like, yes, that's so good. Um, that's awesome. I kind of want to switch gears into um more of like a personal to the listener kind of things that I've. I think that personally I've struggled with and that other people may be struggling with, especially at this, this season or time. Um, so Anka, what would you say to the person who's struggling to find connection and is, is frankly just feeling alone, right? Maybe they're away from home for the first time at college, or maybe they're starting a new job in a new place. Um, or maybe they just struggle to make friends um, what would you say to that person specifically? Um, and then kind of as a follow-up, what can we do to help others feel less alone? So specifically to the person feeling alone, and then what would we be able to do? Um, I, um, I've, I've, it, it's true, you can feel alone in a group of people. Mm-hmm. And I... I would sit for a little bit in that feeling mm. of loneliness, um, not to withdraw mm. necessarily, but to understand 
exactly why does that bother me mm. and what would it mean to me if I weren't alone? In other words, appreciate a little bit that moment of loneliness, analyze it, pray through it, give thanks to God for that moment of loneliness for a little bit and, and figure out why would God allow me to pass through this season of loneliness? What is he trying to teach me about loneliness. I think God is breaking us often because the crumbs that come out from our lives will feed other people later on mm. in life. So as, mm. as, as we journal perhaps or write or pray or um, lean, look, into. lean into the lonely mm. season, figuring out what are some biblical Bible um, verses that would that speak to loneliness in the scripture. Often God passes us through seasons in order to grow us, in order to um, near us to him. Mm. Um, is it possible that we want from people what only Jesus could give us? Mm. That's right? good. Now, don't sit in that loneliness no. for forever. Jesus took mm -hmm. those solitude times, and I think learning to be lonely, regardless if you're an extroverted person or an introverted person, is a spiritual discipline. Mm -hmm. um, loneliness is another form of togetherness, mm. but on a different, from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Like silence is another form of communication. It's another mm. language. Mm. Um, and then looking slowly for opportunities to, and I would start with the church. I would start with the students, um, finding a home local church mm. um, where they begin to join in and look around at other people who may not have taken advantage of those lonely, solitude times right. and um, may need somebody else to come along and say, oh, you too, you mm. too. C.S. Lewis said that one of the ways mm -hmm. you make friends, <laughs> he was like, oh, you too mm. are struggling with loneliness because I am too. Yeah. So approaching people, usually by serving, you get to discover or, or make more friends. Work more. alongside someone with common goal as you. Yeah, so right. Or, or offering your time to into, you know, staying serving in a church in a way or mm. another where you are right. around a group of people, perhaps not around everybody at the same time, right. just a, a handful of, of people. And then um, taking advantage of the wonderful campus organizations mm. that we have right here at UK. There's mm -hmm. so, so not, I want to say there's so many, there are not so many. There are yeah. few Christian organizations, mm -hmm. but they're good. Mm. Taking advantage of that, walking in and saying, Oh, how are you today? Yeah, I'm okay. Do you want to have a cup of coffee? Do you want to mm -hmm. hang out? And um, just inviting people, I think, is a big one as well. It's just inviting people in if you are going to some event, um, whether with crew or BCM or whatever it is, and you want to invite someone, like go for it, right? I think everyone feels good, you know, when they get invited. And so it's like, even if they can't go, it's more of like, Oh, Someone cares about me and notices me and wants to be with me and wants to hang out with me. And so that's that's something that I've been trying to be more intentional about is 
um, inviting people into the things that I love to do and then also joining them in the things they love mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of give and take is so important um, to fostering um, a friendship or a relationship um, because it shows that not only are do you enjoy being with them, but you enjoy being with them um, so much that you are willing to do something that they love and maybe you don't necessar- necessarily right. enjoy. So I think that's just good, like, even just, like, friendship advice of um, just invite people in and they'll they'll appreciate you for that, for sure. Um, Right, and be where where the people are after a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, Be where they are, even if you don't say much, Mm. I think. We were created uh, for interaction, physical Mm -hmm. interaction, Facebook doesn't do, social media doesn't do the justice of hearing your tone of voice and seeing your facial expressions as you utter every voice. Mm -hmm. The smell uh, and even, I mean, the smell and the the physical, the the touch, the hug, Mm -hmm. the eye contact, uh, the... uh, just the noises that you're making. Works wonders. The the timbre of your voice. Is that timbre? Is that... Yeah, sure. Something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. In English, is my first language. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, we are made to be uh, embodied people, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just, uh, again, I want to make sure that I say this. I think the strength and the depth and the power of horizontal relationships uh, cannot outpass or outpass or outgrow the strength and the power and the depth of our horizontal relationship with christ uh, vertical relationship Mm -hmm. with christ thank you Uh, i mean i think the health of our relationships is uh, in many ways will be as healthy um as the relationship that we have with Christ and in so many ways. I think what we do here vertically, and I use my hands as if people can see me, but they can't see me. So I am using my hands and I'm saying vertical. (laughs) (laughs) This verticality matters Mm. to the horizontal spread of who we are because we can't love others more than how Christ is loving us. And in the end, they need Jesus more than they need us. Mm, so that's so true. Even if you're there side by side with somebody, seeing your smile and your face, you may not have the right words, or you think you don't have the right words, and you think you don't have the right advice for them, or absolutely you cannot see in their heart. And thank God that people cannot read my heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, somebody who does. Mm. And you can just pray for them mm. as you walk by them and you see them crying. One of the one of the pastors, I heard somebody on a podcast, a pastor talking about how his favorite days are Sundays, and there are Sundays when people are singing, and he sits in the front. And when people are singing, he looks in the congregation, and he makes mental notes of who is crying, mm. who is sad, mm. who is disconnected, who's distracted. And just afterwards, during the week, he would send a message or two and say, hey, I was thinking about you. Is everything okay? Mm-mm. Checking on those people. And, and, I, and I think we, as Christians, should be able to be our sister's keepers, too, and our mm-hmm. brother's keepers. 
by paying attention, taking time mm. to actually look That's up so from the screens and look on people's faces and say, mm. what are you going through today? You mm. don't have to tell me, but I think I can tell That's something is so off. good. You know. And that's why it's so important to meet together and not neglect that because there's only so much you can get from a text or, you know, even FaceTime can't even do um, what a face-to-face kind of conversation because then you can see their body language and be like, is everything okay? You know, and kind of just check up on them and then you like can genuinely make a connection and look into their eyes and say, hey, I care about you. Like, what's up? Um, so that's just so important and just the intentionality of that, of just like, you know, like that pastor is following up, just, you have no clue what your words might mean Mm -hmm. for somebody. Um, and you could be best friends with them or you could barely know them and meet them once. But if you just genuinely take an interest, if you genuinely say you care and you are curious about how they're doing, it'll mean the world to them. Um, I'm, I know it would for me. And so, um, yeah, that's just that's just so important. I want to leave off with um, one last question um, that I think you can take this and run if you want. Um, <laughs> but And it's kind of a harder question, but if you could go back and give your 18-year-old, 19-year-old self one piece of advice what would it be, or just younger person, it doesn't have to be 18 or 19 years old, but just starting out life or even coming to the States or anything like that, what's what's a piece of advice that you would give them? I would tell that Romanian girl mm-hmm. that, um, that brokenness, does not stop Jesus from loving her and Mm. that she has value and dignity Mm. beyond her understanding and that Jesus loves her. She doesn't have to pretend. She doesn't have to act like everything is perfect. Mm. She doesn't have to run after people's love and affection as she is being pursued, as she's being loved, that she has value, and um, the shame that she has accumulated over all these years has been paid off on a cross, and it's gone. Mm. And uh, I would tell her not to live from shame, mm. and um, from shame and um, little broken pieces of bread, but to actually look at Jesus' honor. And his loaf that he provides. Mm -hmm. And I'll also tell her to live her life as much as possible in an unhurried silence. Mm. Like, just take time. That's so good. Don't be hurried to check off things. And take time to just sit in, in, in the trial and in the brokenness, and it just sit in a silence, and don't try to muffle up and cover up. Don't be scared of being alone. Mm. Um, so good. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's that's really powerful, and I think it'll be powerful for the listeners too. Even if 
um, you're not from Romania or you have you've lived in the states your entire life or I think everyone can kind of connect with those words because we've all at one point felt broken and we felt alone and I think I mean I needed to hear that um and I hope you guys also take something away from our conversation um thank you so much Anka you are such a beautiful soul that is on fire for Jesus and I love it so much I mean you've been such a role model for me um over the past few weeks um here at UK and um, going to your Bible study in Ashland. I mean, it's just such a good community to get plugged into that is based off of the word of God. And you just keep, keep, um, keep fighting the good fight. And I really admire you for that. And I look up to you for that. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Luigi. Yes. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. We'll see y'all next month. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Live Outside the Bubble podcast. If you found this useful and encouraging, please help us out by leaving a rating or review. Also, if this episode made an impact, feel free to share this with a friend. Join me and countless others on the path to a life better lived within God's will and outside of your comfort zone. I'm incredibly grateful for each and every one of you listening. You're more than a listener, but a friend. I encourage you guys to reach out if you have any questions or suggestions on how I can serve you guys better in the future. I love y'all so much. Go out and be a light.